Terry and Jesse show. We're back. My I name is Jesse it. Romero. I'm the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. And, and, and Jesse, let me just jump in. I'm glad you said that because I love when you say that because I respond. Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. Welcome back, Jess. Yeah, Terry, uh, just you know, all of us uh, are called every now and then to do what we call penance. Amen. Some of us do it voluntarily. Some of us, <laughs> some of us get, some of us get conscripted. Yeah, I hear you. Bro. In other words, God says uh, it's your time in the pe- in the penance box. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of sin in the in the world in the church, and wow. it's time for you to do some penance. So wow, I, so this summer for me, it's funny, Terry. You know, the liberals called this summer these um, the uh, the leftists. They call the summer the summer of rage. Yeah, this is when the liberals go out there and start rioting. They they pick right. a uh, they pick a topic to go. Start destroying things, but you also have. I remember back in two thousand and two, when the when the sexual scandals came out with the U.S. bishops, right. and they became. We call that the summer of shame for yep. Catholics. Well, Jesse Romero is going through the summer of penance. Yeah, that's what it's called for me, and I'm okay with it because you know what? This is God's will. Yeah, He permits it. Yeah, so whatever medical problems I'm dealing with right now, yep. it's God's will, yep. and and uh, and I'm going to use it uh, to uh, again. As St. Paul says, Colossians one twenty four for the salvation of souls. Amen. Jesse, we've got a great show. Glad to have you back. Uh, we really, uh, everybody's been praying for Jess and continue to pray for him. I mean, I'm all for it, Jess. You're in a, you know, you, you got uh, a lot of uh, suffering to go through, but we also want to do our best to try and alleviate, alleviate, alleviate that suffering if we can through some medical treatments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's why you got operations and all that. I understand mm-hmm. that. Jess, today's topics, I love it. You're the one who set this up. Uh, we've got Robert Conrad on his new book regarding St. John Fisher and Thomas St. Thomas More. And this is the feast day of those two saints. So what a great time to talk about his mm-hmm. book. Also, we have uh, the Church Militant. It's Wednesday, so our last segment, we're going to talk about the news coming from Church Militant, which always is fascinating. And much, much more. But before we get into the show, Jess, uh, it's so good to have you back for the gospel commentary. Let's get some soul food in us, brother. You got it. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. Jesus said to his disciples, beware of... Now, he's talking to the apostles here. Sometimes he talks... Sometimes he calls the apostles apostles. Sometimes he calls them brothers. Sometimes he calls them disciples. In this instance, he's calling them disciples, but he's talking to the 12. Yep. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are ravenous wolves. I'll stop there. Pope Benedict, that's, those are some of the chilling words that he said when yep. he became the Pope. That's right. He basically quoted those words and said, to pray for me so that I'm able to fight against the wolves. He already knew Mm -hmm. what was inside the Vatican in the Roman Curia when he was elected as the successor to Pope John Paul II. And we're still dealing dealing with that today, by the way. Our Lord says, By their fruits you will know them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Just so. Every good tree bears good fruit, and a rotten tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a rotten tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That's hell, by the way. So by their fruits, you will know them, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'll just make one comment, which is very painful, but it's painfully obvious. 
LifeSite News friends of ours, they put an article out a while back ago, and they showed 14 bishops, successors of the apostles, that were openly pro-LGBT. Yeah. They uh, have pride flags in their sanctuary. They're, they have pride, uh, pride flag pins. They've wrote, written pastoral letters. They're openly uh, pro-LGBT. Terry, in my opinion, yeah. you will know them by their fruits. There you go. Somebody who's pro- a successor of the apostles who's promoting the LGBT cause is promoting something evil. And you you don't have to have a degree in theology to understand that they're on the wrong side of the issues, these 14 bishops. And if they don't repent, as today's gospel says, then uh, they will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Yeah, Terry? Jesse, that's pretty clear. And, you know, that applies to all of us, not just to the bishops. And you remember yesterday we talked about the European Catholic bishop who canceled the annual dinner with the mayor over the town hosting the Pride event. And, you know, we do have some bishops, like Bishop Strickland. Fighting back. Fighting back, because we have to fight back. Yeah. But, you know, Jess, that's in our in our elm, too, in our family. Are we fighting back sin in our family? That's the question I constantly ask myself. I'm not going to bring this stuff into my home, because I'm responsible as a dad. In a sense, the bishops, the pope, they're spiritual fathers. Okay, that's a lot of responsibility. And that's why every Thursday night we pray for our leaders in our church, because many of them from the top to the bottom in our leadership have disappointed us and also have participated in serious sin by sins of omission. That's not me, Jess. That's just the facts, brother. Yep. And that's uh, and and, and our Lord warned us 2000 years ago. This is why it's a. St. Augustine, he actually wrote to his mother and yeah. St. Pius X, both of them. Oh, yeah. They said about it, it was a very scary thing to be elected as, as a bishop. Yeah. Very scary. St. Augustine said, he said words, he says, to be a, a bishop is scary. To be a priest is horrifying, is terrifying. To be a Christian is pure joy. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, let's yeah. let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Fulton Sheen. Jesse, I wanted to talk about tolerance because... The two saints of the day, John Fisher and Thomas More, understood how you have to deny tolerance. And here's what it is. Bishop Sheen says, Love of God and man as an ideal have lately been replaced by the new ideal of tolerance. That's right now. Hmm. Which inspires no sacrifices. Fulton Sheen says, Why should any human being in the world be merely tolerated? What man has ever made a sacrifice in the name of tolerance? It leads men instead to express their own egotism, which is happening now, hmm. in a book or a lecture hmm, even, that patronizes the downtrodden groups. One of the cruelest things that can happen to a human being is to be tolerated. Like people who are sick, oh, you have this, give them more drugs, give them more alcohol. No, that's tolerating them. Never once did our Lord say, tolerate your enemies, Jess. But he did yeah, that, say, love your enemies, do good to them, and hate that hate you. Yep, Terry, uh, the word tolerance is not in the Bible. It's, nope. not, a the, it's not a theological term. It's a, it's a term that's been introduced by modernism. Yep. But it has no place in, in, the, in, in the Catholic uh, spiritual or corporal works of mercy. Right. Let me mention a couple of news items that yeah, I think are very him. important. I got one, too. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Texas Republicans declare Biden election illegitimate. Can wow. you believe that? Wow. The state of Texas 
they reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election, and they're holding that president, that acting President Joseph Biden Jr. was not legitimately elected by the people of the United States. Terry, that's a they're, they're the second highest. Uh, they have the second highest electoral Population. votes right after yeah. California. Yeah, that's right. That's that, so that's a big statement right there, Terry. Next. Uh, viewer petition confronts Fox News. The American Principles Project launched a petition confronting Fox News after Fox's Dana Perino aired a segment that celebrated a family for transitioning their daughter into a trans boy beginning when she was a toddler. Uh, so Fox News, there's a petition out there, should not be promoting radical woke ideas unchallenged, especially when they threaten ki- kids and families uh, so there's a petition that says stopwokefox.com, stopwokefox.com. Sign the petition to tell Fox, stop pushing leftism or we'll stop watching permanently. Another point, another news item. D-trans man blows whistle. A 22-year-old man took to social media and shared how transitioning to a female in his teens permanently harmed him. That's right. This young man said, recently had the pleasure of watching the documentary, What is a Woman? And I wanted to share my thoughts. So he wrote a viral series of tweets. Countless social media users praised the young man for his bravery. And last item, the left has effectively banned Christian kids from public, school, from public pools, libraries, and summer camps. Why do I say that? Around the country... Through federal law, they're forcing children to sleep and undress next to kids of the opposite sex. Effectively puts up a Christian kids need not apply on these public recreation activities, Terry. This is, uh, Jesse, I can't believe it, what you just said. It's hard. Is this microphone on? Are we really, is this the twilight zone? Is this the United States of America? Yeah, it's really sad. Jess, I got one good story that people need to know about. Mainstream media reporting on sudden adult syndrome, but they ignore the COVID jab correlation. All these adults are dying and they're going, oh, you know, they're dying. We just don't know why. Well, let's be honest. What's in the equation? Let's ana- let's analyze this. So I just want people to realize more and more. And Jesse, let me just throw this in about the mask da- mandate. I went up to a person. I said, look, you're wearing a mask for two years. Can you figure out that countries that didn't use the mask like Switzerland they didn't have any higher uh, rate of COVID vaccine of of COVID, you know, treatments than the ones that wore them. So don't you now know that studies show that they're not effective? Why wear it? And you know what their response has been? I feel better with it on. What does that say, Jesse? Well, it goes once again, Terry, to the fundamental error of liberals and and, uh, and secular humanists. Yeah, is they think with their feelings yeah they don't use their intellect they don't use reason they, they everything that they do is felt not thought well said we come back we've got robert conrad his new book on the saint john fisher and thomas moore two men that need to be exposed for all of our lit readers and listeners mm-hmm. here on the virgin most powerful network the terry and jesse show stay with us they are very inspirational saints Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. What an appropriate day to interview uh, <laughs> uh, Judge Conrad. 
Hey, is it Judge Conrad or Robert Conrad? Hello? Can we hear him? Nope, I don't think he can. No, we can't hear him. Well, let's talk a little bit about Yeah, well, today's the feast day of St. John Fisher, St. Thomas More, St. Paulinus of Nola. And we have an author here who's written on these two great saints. Uh, Judge Conrad has written a book, and it's, it's by 10. Good. It's on St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why this is important, Terry, because boy, oh boy, do we need inspiration right now. Amen. So let's check in with, I can see him. Uh, Judge Robert, can you hear me? I can. Fantastic. Uh, what a perfect day to interview the author <laughs> of, the, of a book on St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher. There's a talk about inspiration. These yeah. guys, these guys for me, these guys are rock stars. These guys are super, super saints. Uh, but, uh, Judge Conrad, tell us a little bit about, uh, this, these two figures. What caused you to write a book about two 16th century figures, <laughs> John Fisher and Thomas More? Uh, how are their lives relevant for us today? You know, um, St. John Paul II, uh, named more patron of statesmen and politicians. And in doing so, he talked about the witness that he was uh, to the power, of, uh, the primacy of truth over power. Mm. And, um, and John Fisher, a much lesser known figure of the same era, uh, was equally uh, impressive in his uh, achievements. He was the uh, chancellor of Cambridge University uh, a cardinal, first cardinal martyr at the time of his execution. And both of these men were at the top of their game, uh, the most successful people of their day. And they gave all of it up cheerfully rather than violate their conscience by signing an oath uh, that wasn't true. You know, th these two saints should be read by every Catholic priest and bishop right now because that's exactly what we need right now. For the restoration of Holy Mother Church, which is a prayer that we're always praying after Holy Mass, it's going to take people that have the same uh, type of uh, fortitude and courage, like St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More, to bring the church back uh, you know, into its bearings. Today's June 22nd. It's the feast day of St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More. Are feast days important to us, and, if, and why? You know, they were important to uh, Fisher and Moore. Uh, when Moore was uh, about to be executed, he took great comfort in the fact that his execution date was on the eve of the feast of the translation of the relics of Thomas Becket, wow. one of the first uh, saints in England that uh, challenged the crown uh, based upon uh, the liberty of the church. And Fisher, in his battle uh, with uh, King Henry VIII, compared King Henry VIII uh, to Herod, uh, who had uh, married his brother's wife, uh, Herodias. And that drove uh, Henry VIII nut, nuts. And he was determined to execute Fisher before the feast day of the nativity of John the Baptist. And so in that day, these feast days were very uh, important. Um, they should be important to us, too. We're Absolutely. running around like crazy, doing a million things. A day like today 
gives us a chance to pause, to reflect on the courage and the uh, willingness of these two men uh, to confront power with truth. Um, and so I think it's, uh, it's a, an extraordinary opportunity for us to set aside our busyness and to reflect on the things that matter. Judge, let me ask you a question about a famous saying from St. Thomas More. It said, I die the king's good servant, but God's first. Now, my question is, why, in your opinion, is this so profound? And I might add to our own successors of the apostles. You know, one of the uh, people that uh, did a blurb for my book, and I'm so thankful he did, is Father Paul Scalia. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm. Sure. The, the son of uh, the great justice, uh, uh, Justice Antonin Scalia. Yeah. yeah. Here's what Father Paul said about his father in his eulogy. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, my dad knew what a close-run thing the founding of our nation was. And he saw in that founding, as did the founders themselves, a blessing. A blessing quickly lost when faith is banned from the public square or when we refuse to bring it there. So he understood that there is no conflict between loving God and loving one's country, between one's faith and one's public service. Uh, that is the message that Justice Scalia drove home to his son. That is the message that Thomas More drove home first to Henry VIII. When Henry VIII made Thomas More Lord Chancellor, Thomas More reluctantly accepted the post because he knew that he and the king differed on the king's great matter. Mm -hmm. But the king said to him, in dealing with my great matter, look first to God and then to me. And so More accepted the post of Lord Chancellor on those terms. When Henry, six years later, executes Thomas More, Thomas More is reminding him of that deal. Uh, I die the king's good servant and God's first. Mm -hmm. But he's also sending a message that resonates to this day, that you're a better public servant by being a better Christian. Amen. You know, Judge, I also, I also see an analogy here in, uh, in what St. Thomas More said in his, in his dying sentence. There may be Catholic priests and bishops in our country that may have to oppose, they may, they may have to speak truth to power in such a way that it may cost them their red hat or their Roman collar. Uh, in other words, uh, as Catholics, especially a bishop or a priest, even a layperson, if we get an order that goes against the Catholic faith, whether it be from politicians or even somebody in the Catholic Church in, in, in a position of authority, uh, as a Catholic, based on a well-formed moral conscience, based on the Word of God and our Catholic faith, we would have to resist. I mean, for I'm just I'll throw something else out there. If I lived in Germany and, and the, my parish, the, you have the bishops doing blessings of homosexuals. Uh, I would have to object to the pastor and to the bishop and walk out of the parish and find another one. Uh, you know, it could cost me, you know, whatever it would cost me. But what I'm saying is those words of St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More 
we're going to see them played out more and more right now mm-hmm. because we've entered into a time of di- diabolical disorientation. What say you? I think the, uh, the model life to examine in confronting the issues of the day are, are Fisher and Moore. You know, they didn't run off and say, I want to be a mortar. They, they, they did their homework. They studied the issue of the King's Matter for a couple of years wow. before they formed the opinion that the King was wrong uh, in asserting first the lawfulness of the divorce from Catherine of Aragon, and then second, that he was the supreme head of the church in England. They looked for areas of compromise. John Fisher tried to assert into the language of the oath the phrase, as far as the law of God permits. And if the king had been willing to insert that phrase, he would have signed the oath. Hmm. They weren't looking for martyrdom. But when martyrdom came looking for them, uh, they were ready. Uh, They had done their homework. They were men of faith. They were men of prayer. And at the point in time where where Moore decides uh, he cannot sign the oath, he says to his son-in-law, the field is won. And what he meant by that was he was so committed to the cause of God that whatever cost in human terms that he had to pay, he was willing to pay it. And because of that, he was free to pursue truth, not accommodation. Well said. Well said. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Judge, here's something I thought about. A lot of people have heard about Thomas More. You know, we probably, um, you know, they probably, because of Robert Bolt's play, A Man for All Seasons. I, I saw that man 20 times, I bet. But not many know about John Fisher. Why do you think Fisher is an important person of history? Here's a great fact of Fisher's life. Okay. He's in, he's in the tower cell. Uh, condemned for life because he wouldn't sign an oath. There are then trumped-up charges brought against him that he had committed the capital offense of maliciously speaking against the king's title. Mm -hmm. It wasn't true. But nonetheless, he was sentenced to death for it. When the guards came to him on the morning of his execution and told him that he was to be executed within the next four hours, guess what he did? What? He went back to sleep. Oh, God bless him. Mm. Amazing. He had lived such a virtuous life, was at so much, uh, so much peace with his creator. That's impressive. That the news of his imminent execution didn't bother him. And so uh, that's an extraordinary Crazy. individual. What a model. Wow. That's all I can say. Wow, Jess. <laughs> yeah. You're, well, you're listening to an interview we're doing with uh, Judge Conrad. His latest book is called John Fisher and Thomas Moore. It's put out by 10 books. Uh, hey, Judge, how can people get the book? You know, 10 books is a great first stop. You can also get it on uh, Amazon in, in hard copy, in uh, Kindle copy, or I've recently done an audible version of it. And uh, also, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods the, the, the week after the 4th, of Ju- the 4th of July doing a book tour, speaking at uh, the St. Thomas More Society put on events. And so anybody who wanted to contact your friend, Scott Maxwell. Oh, he's a good man. At smaxwell at thomasmoresociety.org. 
uh, can attend those lectures as well. Awesome. So you'll be out in California. Yes. Awesome. Is it Arizona or California? Because I, I want to make sure, because I'll get a hold of Scott. Okay, good. Yeah, it, it's uh, San Diego. Yeah, we'll other... promote it. We'll promote it. Good. I'm All glad right. you're doing that. Jess, what's the next question? Oh, wait, you know what, yeah. Jess? Before yeah. we go for a break, uh, Judge, I just want to recommend, anytime people go to TAN Books, there's one book you don't want to buy, okay? They're a great publishing house. They're one of three that I really recommend, Sophia, Ignatius, TAN, and there's a couple others, but those three right there, you can't go wrong. And you just go to tanbooks.com to, to get this book. Judge, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to ask you some more questions about John Fisher and Thomas More and why it's so important for us today to emulate the saints because we're in similar circumstances. If I'm not mm-hmm. correct, I want you to correct me after the quick break. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'll say it. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. St. Thomas More, St. John Fisher, pray for us. It's a feast day of these two great saints. Uh, we're, we're talking with Judge Conrad. He wrote a book on John Fisher and Thomas More. It's a 10 book. If you want to get it, this is a book that will inspire you. We need inspiration right now. Go to 10books.com, 10books.com. Uh, Judge Conrad, between June 19th and July 6th, 1535, six men, three Carth- Carthusian monks, uh, John Fisher and Thomas More were executed for refusing to sign an oath declaring King Henry VIII supreme head of the church in England. Is there a common thread in these executions? Yeah, there's uh, six extraordinary lives, very different from uh, each other. Three of the people executed in the summer of 1535 were Cartusian monks. And they were executed because they wouldn't sign an oath against their monastic oath. Uh, they just, they didn't have anything to do with politics. They just wanted to work and pray and be left alone. And that wasn't enough for Henry VIII. And then uh, Bishop Fisher uh, was the only bishop of the day uh, that refused to go along with the theological arguments supporting the divorce from Catherine of Aragon. He was in prison for life. That wasn't enough uh, for uh, Henry. He had Parliament pass a treason act that made it a capital offense to speak against his title, one of them being Supreme Head of the Church of England. And then you have Moore, the brilliant lawyer, in prison for life for not signing the oath. He also was tried on trumped-up charges of maliciously speaking against the king's title. Uh, None of these men did what they were executed for, Um, and yet uh, nothing would stop Henry uh, VIII. And so you had a a very corrupt king using a corrupted judicial system. The jury in the Cartusian monks case found them not guilty. And then Cromwell went back in the jury room and said, you don't understand, the king wants a guilty verdict. And then they came back with the 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 requested verdict so these six men died as traitors not for doing anything wrong 
but being uh, willing to resist uh, an unlawful demand of the king. And so these six men went to their, their death as traitors, um, executed. But they, they did so cheerfully yeah. because they believed that their execution was a first step towards their eternal life in heaven. And uh, Judge, I got a question. I do an interview with Bishop Joseph Strickland from Tyler, Texas, and his patron saint is John Fisher. It's a little coat of arms on his on his uh, uh, vestments there. And I question, he said to me that he gives him as a bishop such inspiration to stand up to the government, to the world for the truths of the gospel. It seems to me that, uh, the, especially Fisher, could be just the model for our bishops and even the Pope today to stand up to the culture, which is... Very secular. Am I on to something, or do you think that uh, maybe uh, Bishop Strickland is just, uh, you know, uh, odd with that? Because I actually think it's a good idea. Your thoughts? You got to ask yourself, why was there only one bishop <laughs> yeah. willing to stand for the teaching of the church and the authority of the church Yeah. Um, at whatever cost? Why only one? And I'm, I'm convinced it was part brilliance. John Fisher was one of the most brilliant men of his day, the greatest preacher of his day. Yeah. He was chancellor of Cambridge University. Right. His holiness, he was disciplined in his uh, interior spiritual life mm -hmm. and uh, immersed in the teachings of scripture and the, uh, and the uh, fathers of the church. But most importantly, he shared with more an absolute certainty in the existence of a uh, of a heavenly of a heaven to come amen and so his thoughts words and deeds were dictated by his certain belief in an everlasting life yeah and so when he was the day of his execution he dressed up in his finest clothes saying this was my <laughs> wedding day i love uh, it <laughs> yeah not a not a hint of sadness um he was getting ready to Take the next step. And so the 21st century, do we really believe that heaven exists? Exactly. That that what we do say and believe here matters there. And if we did, we would change the world. Judge, I gotta just tell you something. With COVID, the last two years and the fear that went on, I would think that John Fisher, St. John Fisher, is a great patron sa saint to have courage and to have trust in the Lord rather than fear, which is being pushed out throughout the world today. So I'm my opinion, he's the man. Erasmus uh, was a famous man of the day. Oh, yeah. And uh, someone who, who admittedly said, uh, I don't have the spirit uh, to stand up for truth <laughs> if it costs my life. Wow. You know, but, he, but he said of these men, they talk of heaven as if they really believe it exists. Yes, of course. And, and so there was a a virus hitting England that was very similar to the coronavirus and it wiped out thousands mm -hmm. and it never once slowed these men down. Uh, Moore said, what life brings must be born. And there was this, there was this willingness to trust God uh, with their future, even in the bleakest hour. And this, this radiant faith of both men is, is something uh, for us to ponder in the 21st century. Well said. 
Judge Conrad, at his at his trial, Thomas Moore said to the lead witness against him, who was uh, played by Richard Rich, he said, "I'm sorrier for your perjury than my own peril." Close quote. <laughs> so, what was the cause of Thomas Moore's sorrow? I, I take it that the trials of Thomas Moore, and perhaps the trials of the Carthusian monks and John Fisher were unjust. So the question is, were they? So Rich is a despicable historical figure, yearning for the next position at every stage of his life, used by the crown uh, to convict both Fisher and Moore. Mm -hmm. He went into Fisher's tower cell and told Fisher that he was there on behalf of the king. The king wanted his honest opinion on his conduct and that he was absolutely immune from anything he would say. Mm -hmm. And so then Fisher, the priest, the bishop, sensing a confessional moment, tells the king he's wrong. And for that, Richard Rich is a key witness in his capital execution trial. Moore, the brilliant lawyer, could see Rich coming a mile away (laughs) and wouldn't have any conversation with Rich. Nonetheless, Rich manufactured a conversation in front of the jury upon which Moore was convicted. Wow. And when Moore sees Rich in the courtroom ready to commit perjury, he tells him, I'm sorrier for your peril, your perjury than my own peril. Moore is convinced that his ethical uh, conduct and his refusal to sign an oath against his conscience would lead him in the direction of heaven. He was equally convinced that Rich's willingness to commit perjury for temporal benefit was leading him in the other direction. And so that's why he said what he did. Yeah. Wow. Judge, before Jess asks this question, one thought I want to ask your take on it. It seems like history is repeating itself in one sense that our, our leaders in our church, our bishops right now, are being pressured by government you know, shut the churches down, um, you know, do certain things that the government's forcing them to do that would be contrary to the sacraments being celebrated. Uh, it seems like these two men are, again, great models for us today. Wouldn't you agree? I would, and I don't know. I don't know that any of us are called to martyrdom. I don't know that any of us are not called. We, mm-hmm. But there are daily martyrdoms for each of us if we stand true to our faith if we uphold and speak truth to power well said that will cost that will cost us um, in different ways and the lesson of fisher and more yes is that the the things of heaven are so much more important than the things of earth (laughs) amen the things that that you will obtain uh, from god that you can never lose are so much more important than the things we chase after that we could never keep. And so they're just extraordinary men for us to ponder and to emulate. Can I give a quote that I have in my book? Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Thomas Mm. More. Right Mm. in my book. I carry it all the time because I want my eyes to be on heaven because life is short. Eternity is forever. Jess, your thoughts. Amen. We're interviewing Judge Conrad, by the way, his book is about two great saints, it's called uh, John Fisher and Thomas Moore. It's put out by 10 books. Go to 10books.com. Don't go to Amazon. Go to 10. Exactly. That supports, 
Support Catholic publishers. Go to tanbooks.com, tanbooks.com. Get this great book. It's John Fisher and Thomas Moore. Got another question for you, Judge. What was the magic in the merriment each man exhibited even at the point of their execution? Uh, I've heard of a prayer for lawyers attributed to Thomas Moore. Do you know about it? We have one minute. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. So their, their merriment was their belief that they would meet again in heaven with their with their prosecutors, with their condemning judges, uh, with their uh, friends. One day we would meet again in heaven. Let me uh, read to you in this last minute the prayer of Thomas More for lawyers. Love it. Lord, grant that I may be able in argument, accurate in analysis, strict in study, candid with clients, and honest with adversaries. Sit with me at my desk and listen with me to my client's complaints. Read with me in my library and stand beside me in court so that today I shall not, in order to win a point, lose my soul. Amen. Amen. Well said. Wow. Doc, you, you, you know, this has been very inspirational. Jesse and I interview all kinds of people, but your book, I said, must for people. Go to Tan Books, get the book because it's important. Judge, thank you for taking the time to be with here, be with uh, us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Book is called John Fisher and Thomas Moore. John Fisher and Thomas Moore. Thanks so much. When we come back, we're going to have a church militant talk more about upcoming news. We'll be right back. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. This is our church militant segment where we get uh, we get an update on the culture and uh, from the lenses of, an, of, of the Catholic faith. This is what I like instead of listening to other news outlets. We're listening to what's happening in the world and in the church but with the lenses and reflection with authentic Catholic thought. Uh, who do we have today? Joe Gallagher, welcome to the Ter- Terry and Jesse show. I love having you on, and I'm excited to talk about your topic. So what do you got going out here for tonight's news? Uh, thank you, Terry. Jesse, good to see you. I haven't seen you uh, as we've uh, been guests on these last couple of weeks, so it's good to see your face as well. Um, yeah, a couple of things. As usual, we'll have three for you guys. First is the... Uh, Louisiana governor, one of the few, if only, Catholic pro-life Democrats left in wow. the United States. Yeah, he signed into a law, the Senate Bill 342, which effectively bans or will ban all, almost all abortions Good. Uh, should Roe v. Wade be overturned. Going through the bill itself, they take out some of the terminology like criminal and they allow for, they don't legal, uh, they don't criminalize emergency contraceptives like plan B, but all other things, they even define what con- uh, conception is. And Good. it's a whole nine yards. So tip of the hat to John Bell Edwards. Absolutely. Wow. And, you know, let me just ask you a question. We know that the Democratic Party's platform says that they are for abortion. We also know that the Republican Party says just the opposite. They're for not abortion. They're, they're, so we know very clearly. But sometimes you see this, Joe, where someone from a party is at odds with the platform. What's that all about, Joe? I don't know, but the, it, it, one thing's for sure is yeah. you know that he will not be welcome at any type of that, Democratic exactly. convention in the future. Yeah, I can't even understand. I bet you he doesn't get any funding from the party either when he goes to get reelected. 
oh no, there's, there, there couldn't be any chance of that. And, but that's what's interesting because it's so rare yeah. to see this happen within the Democratic Party. And also, as you mentioned, the Republican Party is very pro-life. But ever so slowly, we're seeing more and more yes. uh, Republican nominees, candidates, and uh, government elected officials who are starting to have their exceptions to when it's okay to murder children, which, of course, Horrible. we know cannot happen. No. All right. What's next, Joe? Alrighty, so all the way in Liechtenstein, the uh, Archdiocese of Vaduche, Archbishop Wolfgang Haas. Wow, right? Uh, you got it right. <laughs> yeah, I nailed it. So uh, he usually, so what what happens is the Archbishop or the Bishop within Liechtenstein will go around and celebrate confirmations and confirm some of the young folks. And afterwards, the tradition is you go with the priest and the town mayor out to lunch. Well. A week or two before the confirmations happened uh, in, in Shawl or uh, Hall, I can't remember the exact town, there was a pride fest which the mayor of that town celebrated. And so Archbishop Haas passed on having that traditional luncheon with the priest and the town mayor because they were, at not the priest, but the mayor and all the politicians local to it, were celebrating the whole pride agenda. Yep. And so tip of the hat to Archbishop Haas. Yeah, and this is the same archbishop who has been just a, a great bishop of orthodoxy for years. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to ask everyone to pray for him to continue to be that light stand in the world of darkness. Oh, absolutely. We have to pray for all the stalwarts of the faith, those bishops, the few and the yeah. far between who will stand up. No compromise for the faith. And we need to we need to pray for them that they may continue to cooperate with the grace that God gives them the opportunity to cooperate with. But then back stateside in the Diocese of Lexington uh -oh. with Bishop John Stowe. Yes, yes, uh-oh. And it's keeping in line, of course, with the uh, month of June and the Pride celebrations. The Diocese of Lexington, in partnership with Fortunate Families through Old St. Paul Church, sponsored, the, now granted they were the lowest sponsor, but nonetheless they sponsored the Lexington Pride Fest. Yeah. And there's a big question that has to be asked there, because although it was through Old St. Paul Church in the Diocese of Lexington, when you click the link, it goes right to Old St. Paul's Church in partnership with the LGBTQ plus ministries of the Diocese of Lexington. So that's a very, very scary thing. Quite night and day if you compare it with Archbishop Wolfgang Haas. Yes. Very sad. And, and again, Joe, people need to know these things so that we can be praying. I know here mm -hmm. at Our Virgin Most Powerful, every Thursday night from 7 to 9, we pray for our leaders in our church because that's the Holy Thursday when the priesthood was instituted, the Holy Eucharist was instituted. And I encourage all of our listeners to continue to pray for bishops, especially those who, you know, have let us down. And we just did, talked about the feast day of Fisher and Thomas More, and as an example for us to stay the, the line of course. And it seems that what you're doing at Church Militant is you're, Allowing, allowing us to know what's going on worldwide, not just here in the States, but to pray for these things that are happening in the church because we love Holy Mother the Church, and you love Holy Mother the Church. And doesn't it pain us to have to talk about these scandals? I mean, but our Lord professed in the gospel that they would come, and sure Absolutely. enough, they're here. Of course, and you know, it's, it's one thing to just learn and know about those things, but then you have to act Absolutely. based off of that knowledge. And this is a, what better time than now to talk about the Church Milton's Call to Action Convention Absolutely. that we do, having, do have coming up at the uh, 
second to last weekend of August 19th, 20th, 21st. Actually, Terry, you will be on our evangelization panel, most especially because you wrote that awesome book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. Glad to be there, brother. It's going to be awesome, but that's the point, right? We have to know the information and act on it. We want to affect the change because at the end of the day, even though John Stowe has done some crazy things, even though the people at the uh, Lexington Pride Fest are partaking in mortal sin, they're risking their souls for damnation, but they're souls too, and God wills that they're saved as well, and it's our duty as Catholics, it's our obligation to share the faith, and it is their right to hear it. Jesse, you're I know, being I know, Terry, I, know, I know Terry has some history with, with, with John Stowe, Bishop Stowe. Oh, yeah. Terry, tell us, tell uh, you us know a little what, about Jess, all I can on, say, Terry. All I can say is this, folks. He, I, I know I have a friend who was in the seminary partially with him and the Franciscans, and it didn't go well. He got he, Stowe had to believe because of, uh, let's just say, uh, unnatural tendencies in the seminary. And the reason I bring this up, Jesse, is because we are living in times where many of our friends for the last 30, 40 years in the seminary, they're allowing these men to be ordained who have homosexual tendencies, and it shouldn't happen. So we have to speak out in charity and say, knock it off, because they're causing all kinds of havoc, and it's compromising what Christ taught regarding morality, and we need models, because there's an old saying, where's the church going? Where its leaders take them. So yeah. priests, bishops, pope, we've got to have holiness as our number one item on the checklist. That's my take, Jess. Yeah, this is why, I'll tell you why it's important also that we, no. get, we, we have prelates that are living according to the teachings of the church. St. Jerome said this, and this makes sense to me, back in the 4th century, he said this, quote, It is rare to find a heretic that loves chastity. <laughs> That's so Think about that. Look, at, look what I'm going to say. St. Jerome, 4th century, it is rare to find a heretic that loves chastity. In other words, what he's saying is they go together. Of course. Like, uh, I, 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 Joe, I saw you guys had um, our buddy um, Mike, uh, Michael Hitchborn on from the Ponto. I know he's done a deep dive on this uh, organization of uh, fake Catholic priests, really, and fake Catholic nuns. Well, oh, the AUSCP, uh, right, right. AUSCP. Right. And, and again, they're they're the embodiment of what Saint Jerome says. Mm-hmm. If 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 you dissent theologically from the church's teachings, you have no problem yep. dissenting from the church's teachings morally. Makes sense. Oh, for sure. I mean, how can you have mastery over yourself to partake in spiritual disciplines when you can barely master yourself in physical disciplines? Yeah, well said. Joe, uh, how can people sign up for that conference in August that I'll be going to on evangelization? What what can they do to to register for it? Oh, thank you for asking, Terry. So, of course, as we all know, Church Militant has their activist arm, Church Militant Resistance. Mm -hmm. Resistance has their own website, which is cmresistance.com, CM short for Church Militant, cmresistance.com forward slash CTA. Even if you go to our resistance homepage, you'll see it there. You'll see it on the Church Militant website as well. Just click any picture that you see of the call to action convention, awesome. and they'll get you all the details, how much the tickets are, what the panels will be, who our guest speakers are, the FAQs. We do the whole nine yards. Awesome. Joe, stay with us. I'm going to ask Jesse a question. I want you to be with us. It's so great to have Jesse back in the saddle. Mm-hmm. And Jess, before I ask you this question, your final thoughts about um, that event that's coming up. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Well, I'll tell you, church, right now, for the time that we live in right now, 
the Church Militant Evening News and the Daily Vortex, to me, yep. uh, is something that's part and parcel of, 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 my, yeah, of, of my daily life as a Catholic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like breakfast and it's like uh, my nighttime prayers. Every serious Catholic needs to be cutting their teeth on the morning vortex, the morning headline news, and the evening news. Quit watching the mainstream media. Quit watching, again, even Fox News, you know, it tracks conservative, but you saw what Dana Perino did last week. Caitlyn Jenner's the correspondent. Exactly. Yeah. So even when when you say, well, you know what, these guys are conservative. No, they're not. You know, there's a few guests there that are conservative, like Tucker Carlson and others, sure. you know, uh, Laura Ingram. Uh, but again, uh, instead of, you know, watching all the alphabet channels, I know I'm going to get the straight scoop from watching the evening news at Church That's Militant. It. So if there's something that I'm going to watch, it's Church Militant Evening News. Well said, Jesse. All right, Joe, I'm going to ask Jesse what state, because this is important. I know you're in Michigan. Jesse's in Arizona, I'm in California, but what state should we be living in, Jesse? Yeah, we, all three of us have to be living in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. If you could live in a state of mortal sin, you die like that, you're going to hell. If you live in a state of sanctifying grace and you die that way, you're going to heaven one day. Okay, maybe You may pass by purgatory for a while like most of us. But the fact is, as Catholics, remember, the goal of the Catholic faith is to become a saint. Uh, you know, what else there, is that's there, there is nothing else okay. that, that we're shooting for. We want that. We don't care about the B.A., the B.A.S., the M.A. after our name, the Ph.D. What we care most about is the S.T. before our name. And, Joe, I always like to mention Our Lady of Fatima because, you know, she said this. And this is what all of us are doing. Please, God. She said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. And I know at Church Militant, I've been at your chapel. I know you guys are saying your prayers, going to Mass, offering up your sacrifices for the salvation of souls. And I want to encourage all of us here to join Team Jesus. And how do we join that team? By staying close to Him through the sacraments and by offering all of our suffering in union with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. Jesse, wrap it up. You've been listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Thank you, Joe. You're, you guys are always welcome. We look forward to the Wednesday segment. Uh, God bless you to all you guys in Church Militant. Keep up the good work. See you guys next week. And um, as Catholics, uh, again, pray a rosary. Read your Bible every day. Live in a state of grace. Go to confession if you haven't been there. Uh, and make sure that, uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the very center of your domestic church. Make sure he's the very center of your interior life. That's a wrap. We're at, we're EOW. End of watch. We are out. And as I say, full sheen ahead here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you and your family. Stay tuned for the next show here on VMPR.org. God love you.